Hi, this is Dave Summers, and welcome to AMA Edgewise. Cheryl Strauss Einhorn, an award-winning investigative journalist, covers business, economic, and financial news for publications, including Barron's, ProPublica, Foreign Policy, and The New York Times. As the founder of CSE Consulting, a strategic consulting practice, she applies her AREA, or AREA, method, initially developed to promote better decision-making in her journalism work, toward the success of businesses and individuals. A Columbia University adjunct professor, she also teaches her area method at the Columbia Business School, having also taught it at the Graduate School of Journalism. To learn more about Cheryl and the area method, please visit the website areamethod.com. And she's the author of a very interesting new book entitled Problem Solved, A Powerful System for Making Complex Decisions with Confidence and Conviction. Cheryl, welcome to AMA Edgewise. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. It's 2017. Now, with all of the tech-enabled information that's at our fingertips, I could pick up my iPhone and find out anything. Why do we still struggle with decision-making? Well, technology is really about algorithm and inputs. And so what we get out of technology is only as good as what we really put into it. And that means it has to be as good as our own understanding of human behavior. And so our ability to really get to a decision that can be successful for what really matters to us is about as inconsistent as we are as decision makers. Just as sort of like human beings, the species, the challenges we face. Well, you know, research tells us that we all are filled with mental mistakes. We have these shortcuts that we rely upon every day. In fact, researchers tell us we make about 35,000 decisions in any given day. Everything from what side of the bed to get up Mm -hmm. to whether or not we're going to have a late night snack and what we're going to have. So we need those mental shortcuts on a day-to-day basis. For instance, if we went into the supermarket and we stood in the cereal aisle and we didn't know what we liked, Mm -hmm. we would have choice fatigue. So we need those mental shortcuts. But when it comes to solving complex problems, Mm -hmm. those well-worn pathways don't go away. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where we need a decision-making system that can pry open cognitive space to control for and counteract those biases, assumptions, and judgments that we so heavily rely upon every day, but that don't go away when we're solving for complex problems. Obviously, we're here to learn about and talk about the area method that you have formulated and you you talk about in the book here. Do you mind just giving us a quick walkthrough of the area method to formulating decisions? I'd love to. Thank you. So area, A-R-E-A, is actually an acronym for the steps of my perspective-taking process. So the first A stands for absolute information. It's information from the target of your decision. R is the next concentric circle of information. It's relative sources that are somehow connected to the target of your decision. The E are actually two E's. I refer to them as the twin engines of creativity. Exploration gets you beyond document-based sources to identifying the people and the questions that you want to ask them who can actually give you greater insight into the decision that you're making. Area exploitation then turns its lens inward on us as decision makers and explores 
how do we think about our assumptions against the evidence that we've actually collected? Mm -hmm. And then the final A analysis puts the whole process back together, thinks about mistakes and how your decision may fail so that, again, you have a safeguard before you've come to conviction to think about how to actually be most successful at what constitutes a good outcome for you. How can the area method get a person, a team, or an organization out of the entrenched, well, that's how we've always done it type of mindset? I think probably in two important ways. First of all, the area method basically says, okay, for most of us, thinking about having to solve a complex problem is very uncomfortable. And open-ended research is not fulfilling. It can be rather unproductive. So area inverts decision-making. It basically says, I'm going to ask you a different, but I think far more empowering question. What constitutes success for you personally or for your organization specifically? Now, most people know what constitutes a good outcome for themselves or for their organization. Therefore, what you're doing is actually telling the story of the success that you want to get to. So I think that, first of all, can help people get out of an entrenched mindset because it inverts decision-making. But the other thing is really this focus on prying open the cognitive space to control for and counteract our cognitive biases. And it does that by being a perspective-taking process. What's important about perspective-taking is even though you may think you understand a problem, your understanding of it is probably different from mine mm -hmm. simply because I'm a different person. Now think of a team dynamic. Mm -hmm. You may have people from different geographic backgrounds or ethnic backgrounds or different identities. And so each person is coming in and assessing the facts through their own lens. Mm -hmm. By using a perspective-taking process, you're not only building empathy and awareness with other people, you're also getting a two-for-one. Because by trying to better understand their incentives and motives and how they see the information, mm -hmm. you're also mirroring back, how do I think and feel? Mm -hmm. And that helps to bubble up those cognitive biases of your own. At what point does trust your gut, go with the gut feeling, come into your approach? Or does it at all? I, I think it absolutely does, because this go with our gut is, again, those well-worn pathways that we've formed, right? We have things that may have worked for us in the past, or we have things that for us have seemed like easy outs, because sometimes a gut reaction is not necessarily well thought out. It's just something that is the first and most obvious thing. It's the most salient. Mm -hmm. So what my process does is it actually builds in what I call cheetah pauses, so why the cheetah? The cheetah's prodigious hunting skill is not its ability to accelerate like a race car. It's actually the fact that it can decelerate by up to nine miles an hour in a single stride. Mm. And in hunting, that's far more important than accelerating like a race car because it builds in agility, flexibility, mobility. Mm -hmm. And that's what a good research and decision-making process needs. It needs to be agile and repeatable and flexible. So as you're going through the AREA steps, I build in these strategic stops. And everywhere that I have the strategic stop, you get a cheetah sheet. I call them the graphic organizers of the area method. Sure. And what they do is they say to you, okay, now you're in this part of your decision-making process. I'm going to hold your hand with the cheetah sheet and tell you what to do in the stop sure. by either telling you where to look for sources of information 
or guiding you as to what kind of analysis you'd like to do at this stage of the process. That's extremely cool. I'm curious, this idea of it could be the cheetah sheet, but in general, do you find, given the research you've done and your experience both in the journalistic business and academic places, do you find that it's important to have a visual or graphical depiction of the problem to be solved, the the process flows currently in place, or the influence networks that need to be navigated? So in other words, it's not just text but there's a visual representation of it. Well, that's in part why I have these cheetah sheets, but I also have many exercises. The exploitation phase of the process, where we turn our lens in on ourselves to better understand how we think as decision makers, I put in that chapter a whole series of exercises that I've learned from experts in other fields, whether it's intelligence gathering or medicine or the investigative journalism world. And I have found time and again in working with clients or in working with my students in the classroom at Columbia Business School or the Graduate School of Journalism that although there's some initial resistance to pictorially display your data, people often find that those kind of exercises really chunk your learning and make your work work for you. Because when you actually take the time to stop and lay out, for instance, your assumptions against your evidence, or to do an industry map, Mm -hmm. or to think about a scenario analysis, people often recognize, hey, I did collect that data, maybe in a different phase of the process, but I didn't understand its import. So I really think of that exploitation chapter as making your mistakes before you make them. To whatever extent we can actually do that, these types of exercises tend to control for failures of data and for failures of analysis. Now, you claim that the AREA or area approach can be applied to personal and non-work challenges as well. Could you talk a minute about that? Absolutely. Look, we all grew up to be decision makers, and yet somehow there's no well-established way to make complex decisions well. But we know that into our lives we have at least a dozen of these. Think about just some of the examples that I have in the book. Which college am I going to go to, or is my child going to go to? How am I going to help my aging parents find the right living accommodations so that they can age in place and age gracefully with the care that they need? I'm thinking about reentering the workforce or switching my career, or I'm taking on a new management position, and it's the first time that I have a team of this size or in different locations. So decision-making is something that impacts all of us in every stage of our lives. There is nothing that is higher stakes that we do every day than the choices that we make. And if we could ever actually master decision making, not only could we get along better with other people, especially with a perspective taking process that creates empathy, but we ourselves could live more meaningful lives. Mm-hmm. Can the area method be executed along a rapid timeline? Some leaders and and some listeners to this program might say, we already spend an awful lot of time thinking, but we, we really don't spend enough time doing. So I think it's a terrific question. Tony Blair, the former prime minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, wrote the foreword to my book. And what of the things that he felt really made him so interested in it is he said, we all need a decision-making system before we need one, right? It's like taking a vitamin or the shots that you get as a kid to hopefully help prevent you from developing a, a sickness. And so 
What I recommend to people is read the book all the way through once. It's 200 pages. It's filled with worksheets. It's got a lot of section headings, so hopefully it is welcoming and accessible to everybody. But the idea of reading it all the way through shows you from the beginning to end what a comprehensive due diligence process looks like. And then, just like the cheetah and the flexibility and the agility, you can pick and choose the parts that resonate with you Mm -hmm. and you can use it in whatever way you want. There's essentially two kinds of learning. There's knowledge and there's skill. And the area method is a skill. I can teach it to you and it can become yours and you can use it however you'd like. We've been speaking to Cheryl Strauss-Einhorn, author of Problem Solved, a powerful system for making complex decisions with confidence and conviction. Cheryl, this is extremely cool stuff. Good luck with the book. Thank you so much. Join the American Management Association group on LinkedIn to share insights with hundreds of your management peers and to discuss practices in the areas of organizational management and leadership. To find us, simply search for the group American Management Association from your LinkedIn account. in this program or if you have any comments and questions you'd like to loop back with us on we can be reached at a phone number 212-903-8090 or by email at edgewise at aminet.org that's edgewise at amanet.org